Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with the legendary, the great Bob Burr today. Bob is one of the most iconic oil and gas investors in the country. And he is a, an individual. I actually told him in this episode, he's he's a walking gold mine. Um, there's so much wisdom from this episode that you can apply to your business, to your investing philosophy, to the way that you lead your life you're going to learn about longevity in success. You're going to learn about all of the ins and outs of investing in oil and gas, what that means. You're also going to learn about how those principles apply to perhaps your business in real estate. Um, you're going to learn about expanding your wealth. You're going to learn about the power of the subconscious mind and how you can leverage a subconscious mind to massive, really generational wealth. Um, at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. And, and it's all, it's not just about financial wealth, but it's also about emotional health. It's about relational health. And you're going to learn about how to truly hug people. You're going to learn about how to hug people literally and physically today. Um, and wow, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly shell shocked about this conversation. You guys are going to love this so much. Elevate podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. Today is no different. I'm your host, Tyler Chester, and I'm a high-performance professional real estate investor and high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar. Before we dive into this conversation, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to please give us a rating, review, and follow Elevate Podcast. Um, It is critically important um, for our future growth and our ability to have amazing conversations like we've had today with Bob Burr and otherwise for you to give us your input, for you to give us a rating, a review. I know I ask every single time, but I really mean it. If you don't mind, if you could take 15 seconds to give us a rating and review, it would mean the world to me. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe there as well, um, because we're going to continue to bring massive value. I'm not just doing this as a hobby. This is the real deal. I'm sticking around for the long haul. And I ask for your support. And the only way that we can grow, by the way, as well, is if you pay it forward. And so the fee for you listening today is to share this with a friend. Share this with someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, from learning from this phenomenal, unbelievable individual in Bob Burr. Um, So that's all I ask. That's it. It's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. All you have to do is grab the link. You can send it in a text message. You can post it on social media. You can do whatever. But all we ask that is for you to pay it forward, share this with a friend. That's the fee. And if you've already done that on a previous episode, thank you so much. We ask that you please do that again. 
And with all that said, without further ado, let me introduce you to the president of Panex, Bob Burr, who entered the oil and gas industry in 1973 in Dallas, Texas. He is a seasoned professional with worldwide experience in structuring and funding oil and gas investment ventures. Mr. Burr has been responsible for the placement of over $300 million in his 47-year career in a myriad of industries, with the majority of his efforts being in oil and gas ventures. Mr. Burr and his, vam- his family have been residents of Bowling Green, Kentucky for over 25 years and have been very active in city and county civic matters. Mr. Burr and his wife, Doris, have been married for 58 years and have five grown children, 20 grandchildren, and nine great-grandchildren. And I just fell in love with this individual today, Bob Burr, um, somebody that I think you're going to fall in love with as well. And I think you're going to love learning from this incredibly dynamic and insightful conversation. Without further ado, please enjoy this incredible episode with the great Bob Burr. Welcome to Elevate, my friend. How are you? Oh, doing great. Doing great, buddy. Everything is working. Any better, I couldn't stand it. I'd pass out. How's that? <laughs> there you go, man. Well, Bob, it's 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 an absolute honor to have you on the podcast, and I'm very excited about our conversation. If you were to describe yourself in the way that the people who know you best or even the longest or the deepest, what would they say about Bob Burr? Is there anything that you would describe in the way that they would describe you? Well, they would say that I'm a competitive old rascal. When we tee it up on the golf course, I'm going to beat the brains out if I can. I'll hug them if I can't. I'm a, a guy that's very uh, generous with my time and with my money. Uh, I believe in, in, in my whole deal is to try to make five people smile every day that I don't know. I believe if I do that, that'll keep me pretty square spiritually to where I belong. I try to stay out of myself. Me, me, me. That's a killer. I was trying to say, we, 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 and uh, that works. Uh, but the boys, I have a lot of respect from where I play golf and where I socialize and what I do. They know I don't play any garbage. I tell it like it is. Sometimes uh, they don't want to hear what I say, and I'll tell them they don't have to believe it if they don't want to. Uh, but when you ask me something, I'm going to tell you what it is. Uh, and my business is the same way. Uh, I respect my partners. I tell them in every letter I send them. I work for you, my boys and I, we work for you. You don't work for us. So you can't ever bother me on a Saturday, on a Sunday. I also tell them that I will not shut my eyes in a 24-hour period and not call them back. I may be in the Serengeti in Africa or maybe in Europe, whatever, but they will hear from Bob Burr before it's 10 o'clock at night. That's just how it is. They, they, they deserve that. They're our people. Without them, we don't have a deal. And some folks forget that. Uh, so my people would say I'm a pretty good guy. You know, they'd say don't, don't get him mad because he'll bring it. And, and I will. <laughs> uh, and very seldom do I get mad. If I get mad, it's mad at me for missing a putt. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty. Uh, Doris and I, we've been married for 58 years. We have five grown children, 20 grandkids, nine great-grandchildren. So we've got a big old house here in town that they all hang out and I've got my own pudding green and this sort of thing. Got some of the goodies uh, and we enjoy life. Uh, we build. I don't have to work anymore. I'm, I'm okay financially, but I've got two sons, 45 and 40, 
thereabouts. Don't tell them I don't know their exact age. Uh, <laughs> they cheat me. Uh, and I have a lot of folks here that I love very much that's been with me for 20, 25 years. So I sold out here 10 years ago, got my bucket full, played golf every day. And then one day I'm at playing golf and spiritually I'm thinking business, which I always do. And I said, you're about a selfish rascal. Here you got them boys down there. You've forgotten more about the business than they probably will ever know. You got your folks down there and here you're playing golf, you dummy. And I walked off the course, went and got in my truck, come straight downtown to our office building. And I said, boys, let's roll. I, old man, I put the helmet back on. We're going to dance. And we've been dancing ever since. And I'll go this. I'm, I'm 75 years old. Going on about 50, I still do my 100 push-ups. I can, I can roll with them, baby. And, uh, and I'll go till it's not fun anymore, which will probably be never. I don't – I just don't – It's I don't see retiring. What's that mean? What, what, uh, you asked some questions there about uh, what made you successful or what, what decisions did you make to get there. Uh, I'm a ball player. Mom said when I started walking, I started playing ball. I mean, every kind of sport, I love sports. I love to compete. When I can't compete in life, hopefully the good Lord's taking me on down the road. Because, I mean, that's what the deal is. So when I got in business, I'd see all these guys. I went to work for a company one time. I'm 20 years old, an oil company, uh, driving a truck or whatever. And, God, you go there at 7 in the morning, you get off at 3. Nobody's hollering. Nobody's hugging you. Nobody's clapping. You didn't score that day. You did whatever you did. I was the worst employee you've ever seen. I mean, I couldn't get to, I couldn't get there. It wasn't a deal for me. So then I got into sales and I was a natural just the way it worked. I could do that. And golly, I was rookie of the year. And they brought me up before 5,000 people and hugged me and gave me a bonus and got my picture in a magazine. And they did all that stuff. I'm back playing ball Friday night lights. I'm somebody again in my own little mind. I'm doing it. And that, once I turn life into the life's game, because it had to be a game for me. I have to be, I have to look up and it's 930 at night and I don't even know it. I'm still at the office. That's what I did in ball. Did you ever quit ball, playing ball until mama called and you had to come in? Somebody's hollering at you. You played till you played till you played till you played. Well, that's how I like to live my life. I want to play. I want to play some more, and I want to play some more. That's just the way it is. So once I made that decision or understood that that fabric had to be me, that's how I had to live my life, that life had to be a game. And in our, this game, we, we count money. We count accomplishments. Uh, then you graduate from that to understanding how critical relationships are how you build that relationship, how you, how you feed that relationship, how you hug that relationship, how you're always there for the relationship if the other fellow's having problems. And that's the most valuable asset we have in life is those relationships. Some folks don't have any relationships. I'll make a motivational speech somewhere. I work a lot on the, hell, I'm going to uh, New Orleans next week. And I'll be one of the featured speakers there. Karasaki will be there. All these big boys will be there. And I'll just start talking to the audience. And I said, folks, 
do you guys really know how to hug somebody? Duh. I said, no. And then I'll reach over and I'll hug the MC, Robert Helms, probably. And I'll just lightly touch Robert. I said, now that's how most folks hug. I said, or you can do it like this. And I grab him and I hug him. I want him to feel that hug to his toes. <laughs> I want him to know I cared. I didn't go through the motions. I did. I invested my time in him with a hug. I taught my grandson how to hug. He gave me one of those little chicken hugs. And I said, come here, boy. And I grabbed him and nearly broke his back. <laughs> and he'll tell everybody right now today that Papa taught me how to hug. Well, that's the biggest compliment you can pay. I passed something on that's positive. So as we go through life and as we do the oil business, as we do this, as we make money, as we lose money, as whatever, as we do, we got to remember the hug in the spiritual part has to be a fiber in our body. That gives us the strength to make it. Without that, negatives come in. All this other garbage comes in. Maybe I can cheat today. I'll go not go in. No, you can't. You got to go in. Oh, no, I'm, no, 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 no. You got to go in every day. Well, take off her. No, you can't. You can't do that. You can't violate that. I know that if you're twice as good as me in sales, God gave us one thing that's equal 24 hours a day. That's it, baby. You get 24 and I got 24. You can't cheat me. I'm going to get my 24. Now, if you're twice as good as me, all I got to do is work twice as hard as you and I'll match it and I'll make it in sales. <clears throat> if I'm good, I'm going to whip your butt. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll outwork you, and I'm pretty good at what I do. So <laughs> I didn't mean to get carried away, buddy, but that's that's the deal. I want you to feel that from me. No, it's amazing. And Bob, you know, I'm thinking about there's so much there. And, and obviously being a principled base individual and somebody who really sets boundaries within your mind, within your parameters and your behavior, I think is so important for us to take away from really what you just described about yourself. And there's so much there, but also you're talking about life as a game. Life is a game. Business is a game. Having fun, man. I'll tell you what, this podcast, I'm rolling out the balls right now, man. You are the talent. You're having fun. I'm not calling the plays, but we're having a blast. And I think that that's what this is all about. It's about growing through having fun. And guess what? Challenging things can be fun too, right? Hard things can be fun. And this business is hard. Real estate is hard. Oil and gas, right? Let's talk about oil and gas. When you got into the business in 1973, if I'm not mistaken, Tell me about yes. what was it like and, and, and how did you enter into the business? What was that like? What were the conditions like? And let's go through that a little bit. Well, let's go through the age factor. I was 27 years old. I'd been successful selling life insurance. I was a roundtable member, lifetime roundtable member. So I knew I could sell. Uh, my brother got in the business in Dallas, Texas. He was four years older than me in the oil business. He called me and he and this guy flew me to Dallas. Hit me up in this big fancy car. We go to the office and I saw the deal. And I said, uh, I can do this, Gene. I said, now, can you run the business? He said, well, these guys run the business. I said, no, I don't want to work for them. I said, they got too much jewelry on and they're too flashy and I don't like that. I said, my instincts tell me no. We have to do it because we are raising money and that's people's money and we're responsible. And I'm not letting somebody else be responsible for what I do. Well, I can do it. And he could. He was a, a, a member of the um, Menza, Menza mm -hmm. IQ of 160. He was a brilliant guy. 
and a, and a very talented individual. And so we start out. Well, our first deal was during the oil embargo uh, back in 1973. Lines at the gas stations, every, everything's going to hell in a handbasket, just crazy times. Well, the real blessing in being a kid, and I say a kid when I, I say that very uh, sincerely and, and, and spiritually proper, because uh, I was a kid, we're unconditioned. We have no hickeys on us. Nobody's knocked us out. So we don't even know this is going on. Really, consciously, all we know is we got to go, and they're going to give me the ball, and we're going to score. So we scored, and we scored, and we went right through it, and you know, we made money. We did good. We we started off, and this is this is where we are. When most people were getting out of the business, the oil embargo. My God, you can't sell all deals and all it. Well, bullshit. Yeah, we can too, <laughs> and we did. So it and it just took off, and uh, I lost my brother uh, thirty years ago, and uh, that was a real turning point in my life for being in business, particularly in the oil business. Uh, he always ran the company in the sense of making sure we had the wells drilled and all this. And I was more of the, the money raiser and I was a very selfish guy. Okay. I was good. I knew I was good. I sat where I wanted to sit. Uh, I did my deal. And back then I was drinking, raising, whatever. I mean, I was a, I was a runner and, uh, and he did all that other stuff. And then all of a sudden he's gone. So I've got a, a real deep gut check. Cause I got to do all of it. Well, are you capable, Burr, of lowering your false ego and getting real? Well, guess what? After having some serious talks with the good Lord about the whole deal, I moved here to Bowling Green 32 years ago, I guess, starting from scratch, me and me and me and my wife and babies. And I said, okay, Burr, the only way this is going to work is from this point on in your life, no one will ever work for you. Everybody that's here, you will work for them. If it means going downtown on a Saturday night, one of the boys got a little rowdy and taking care of business for him. Whatever it does, it's got to be the way of life you live. That's how you're going to play this game. I said, now you're going to have to fake it till you make it because that's not who you are today. You don't, you don't want to mess with that bull corn. But guess what? I did and I did and I did. And slowly your spirit changes and you become that guy. So now my life is one just exactly the way I laid it out. Everybody in this organization knows that if they need Bob Burr 24-7, you call me and I'll be there. And it won't be a chore. It's the way I live. I don't like chores. If I don't like to carry the garbage out. That's a chore. My wife beats my brain about carrying. I hate to carry that damn garbage out because I don't want to do it. I want to love people. I want to hug and feel that. I got to have that energy in me. That's part of the deal. Every time I hug somebody, I'm charging my battery. Every time I make someone smile, I'm charging my battery. Cast your bread on the water and it will come back buttered. Last weekend, a weekend before last, I was in Dallas at a big conference. And I'm out smoking my cigar. I'm a cigar guy. And I look over, and here's a beautiful black lady sitting next to a beautiful white lady. And they're having the greatest visit in the world. They're just sitting there just doing their deal. And I walked over to them, and I said, may I interrupt you? And I said, this is the most beautiful thing I've seen in my life. 
black and white, hugging and loving. I said, God, I'm blessed just getting to see you guys. Anyway, we just had a great visit. It was beautiful. I said, now I got to go. You guys get back to your gospel. And I ate it on. (laughs) But that gave me, just charged me up. I go in to make this talk before this group, and they couldn't hold me down. I mean, because God come in my heart or the energy came in there, and and that was where I belong. You know, I used to work the chains on the for the high school football team, did it for 25 years. That Friday night, I'm on the chains. They play the Star Spangled Banner. They say the Lord's Prayer, and I look up in the heavens, and I'd say my serenity prayer, and I was right where I belonged in that moment in life, that moment in time. Well, that's where I belong today. I belong in the, in the moment of motivating people and hugging them and kissing them and letting them know people care. You know what I'm saying? I do. And, uh, and that's the deal. And I just carry that on forward. Well, both of us have that in common. I mean, just loving people and supporting people. And I think that there's a lot of similarities in terms of what's going to create successful outcomes as a real estate investor, as well as an oil and gas investor, an entrepreneur, a business person, because the central theme is relationships. And how are you flipping that principle on its head to say you work for me versus I work for you? And I think there's just so much value in that. And then thinking about all right, well, how are we now optimizing our decision-making in business, right? You know, we talk about the principles of showing up early. We talk about the principles of doing the right thing, calling people back within a 24-hour period. But then obviously there's all of these other principles that we could lament on. But thinking about oil and gas, I mean, why should investors be considering oil, oil and gas or why should they learn about oil and gas investing at all? I mean, is there anything that you would say about that, Bob? Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, oil and gas business is probably the number one tax shelter around. A uh, gentleman gives me, he and his wife give me $100,000 as an investment in one of our programs. They'll write off 90% of that the first year against ordinary or passive income. Uh, years ago, I was talking with a fellow, one of my first first guys I ever talked to out in New Mexico. Well, Mr. Jones, you can write off 90% of it. He said, yeah, that's great, son. He said, but I can do that giving it to the Boy Scouts. (laughs) So then that write-off, because they write off 90% of, I know my bottom line is in three years, if I get them their money back, I've made them 35% on their money just for the tax savings. So it's got some tremendous tax advantages. I've got a CPA that's been with me 35 years that works with our partners or their CPAs, make sure they get that straight. So there is an incentive there. It's subsidized very graciously by our federal government. Now you get into what will it do for me? Well, there's several different ways you can do the oil business, and I've done them all. Uh, When the pandemic hit, I'm out playing golf. All of a sudden, we hear negative oil prices. Golly, people are panicking. Companies are being destroyed on and on and on and on and on. So I come down, I I studied about it for about 10 days, watched it work. So I come into the office, I call my boys in. I have two sons and then I have two other boys that are my sons. They're not blood sons, but they're my, they're my people. And I said, guys, I said, y'all know I played a lot of hole and poker in my life. I said, there's a, comes a time in a game 
where you push it in. You push the chips in the middle of the table. I said, this is one of those times. It's unprecedented. Right now, we can horse trade for property that we would have never seen without these circumstances happening right now. We've never even been in the market. But you got people my age that are tired, where I'm not, I'm charged, and they're getting out for 10 cents on the dollar. So we bought two properties, one over in Houston, the BR Dome, and one down in South Louisiana, the Choctaw Dome. And these, we just had an evaluation. Well, I won't tell you what we value them, but they're multi, multi, multi over billion dollars in future recoverable reserves. So what I tell people that's interested in what we do, first of all, we want to educate you. It's our duty to educate the people that we talk to. Now, what's that mean? That means we uncover every rock in the deal. We tell you the negative. Yes, sir. You can lose all your money. Now, if that scares you, guess what? Let's get scared together because you don't need to be in the business. If you can't afford that, and we do the Reg D 506C offerings, meaning everybody we do is accredited, and they have to validate that or prove it by outsourced CPA, whatever, banker, that we know they are accredited. But if they can't afford to lose that, or if they can afford to lose it, but emotionally they can't, keep your money. That's your responsibility, and that's how it is. Now, what's our job? Our job is to educate you in such a fashion, not only in the fashion of numbers, uh, and, and I can show you the product we have, and it's going to knock your saw. I mean, it's beautiful. But educate you in this. Is this something you would enjoy doing? Now, real estate, hell, I've got one deal out here, out town. I got three subdivisions going myself. Uh, one of them's three years old. I've hadn't got three nickels out of it yet. I'll make a million dollars out of it. But golly, it's slow. Okay, I like faster bucks myself, but that's that's another deal I'm in, and I like it. It, it works, but it doesn't compare what I do. But so you take the folks down the road of educating them and showing them how we help with the risk. Uh, one of the best terms in geology that I invented years ago is closeology. The closer I can get to production, the more secure I am. Because then I figure I got a shot at getting it. When I get out in the boom docks and it's all seismic and subsurface geology and stratigraphic traps and this sort of thing, the odds are really against you. You're going to hit one in 10, one in eight. Where I am, we're going to hit a lot of them. And then what kind of return does that give us? What kind of growth patterns? <laughs> and all that comes out in our material that we send out to the people. But eventually the folks have got to buy Bob Burr and my folks. They got to buy my old country way I deal with people, my spirit. They got to feel, get that fuzzy feeling. Hey, man, this guy wouldn't be a bad dude to have a state with. Because we want him to come out to the field. We, we got a big, big operation going. In fact, next week, we'll have a bunch of partners in the Bayou Choctaw field uh, down in South, right, right out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we, there's no question that's a bad question. Please hit me with everything you got. It's my job to answer it if I can't keep your money. Hmm. Ain't no big deal. I'm not going to be mad at you. That's, that's not how we work here. But we, in order for us to get you to send us a check, you got to be impressed with us, with our honesty, with our integrity, with our whole being. You got to feel us like we feel you. You got to understand we work for you, Hoss. We're not going. We're not jacking around here. I'm too damn old to practice. I don't need to practice. I know where the hell I am. I'm a PhD in what I do. 
and I'm damn good at it. I won't back up to anybody. That's not brag. I'm not being a, a garbage. I'm being honest. And, and we are good. I've raised a beautiful family and we've done quite well. I got a big old car, a big old truck. You know, all that, that, that's work. We've won this game of life and we're winning every day. And we win it because people believe in us. They stay with us. The Roy Hill family, the furniture, he's been with me 30 years. Okay. I mean, now he's 91 years old. His son's my, my buddy. And we just take care of our people. If you're a syndicator like we are, you got to be willing every now and again when a deal goes bad, you got to look at everything about that deal. And maybe, maybe you take a hit on that deal. Maybe you come with some money and you help that deal out of your own pocket. I drilled a, a well here two years ago down in Houston. We lost the well. It blew out on us. 7,000 barrels got away from us. I spent a million and a half dollars out of my pocket to help that deal along. People say, you're crazy. No, I'm not. Don't think those partners don't know that and appreciate that. And I tell every one of them, I'm not doing this to get you to give me more money. I'm doing this because it's the right damn thing to do, and I can afford to do it. But I do not want you to even be moved by me doing that and thinking I'm trying to set you up to give more money. That's not, that's garbage. I'm, I do things. It's real simple. When you have a decision to make, do the right thing. You know what the right thing is. And that's what we do. I mean, that's, that's how it works. Well, and what you just shared there is it's critically important for folks to understand what you just shared is the masterclass in capital raising. First of all, it's, it's, it's also a masterclass in compounding your investor community. But the other part that you were talking about was really about education. You were talking about educating your investors, giving them clarity on what it is that they're actually investing in, what that process looks like, what the risk is, what the upside is. And the fact that, Hey, you know what? not every deal works out a hundred percent the way we expect it to. And in fact, there's times where challenges occur and you've shared some, some examples of times where you have stepped in to, you know, to protect that sort of situation. But talk to me a little bit about education. When we think about being fully transparent on deals, if you were to educate the folks listening today on one-on-one about oil and gas investing, where do you start? I mean, let's talk about deal sourcing. Let's talk about evaluation of opportunities and let's talk about execution uh, from there. Where would you like to start, Bob? Let's start right here at the podcast. We have folks out there, your viewers looking at Bob Burr and a beautiful young man that knows his business and we're having a great visit. Now, if they can't at least get a fuzzy feeling about this old cat here, don't call in. Don't. It's not going to work. Okay. Now they say, Hey man, I like that guy. He seems honest. He seems decent. He's saying the right things. He's not fancy. He's just two and two is four. And it always will be four. It won't be five. It won't be three. Maybe we need to investigate. Maybe we need to look. Now it's our time to go to work. Not any high pressure, not any bull corn. Just facts and figures. We'll show a guy in this field, they've averaged produce, recovering 150,000 barrels of oil per well. The field started back in the early 30s. Today, it's about, we figured 25% developed. We got another 75% of that acreage undeveloped. We've discovered a bunch of overhangs, and that's where the real oil is. And they've never drilled there because they couldn't go in directionally. We can. 
uh, on and on and on. So I'm going to give them all the real facts that are checkable out of there. It's a real deal from top sources where they can get an education about it. And then we talk about their money. Okay. What kind of tax burdens do you have this year? $100,000. Well, give me a hundred. And guess what? You're going to write off 90. That's going to reduce that. Boom, boom, boom. We got to work that benefit in. So we get through and then all of that, after we're through, if they don't have that fuzzy feeling that that's that security that, yeah, we can lose all your money. I'm not going ever, ever, ever say, tell, I'm not afraid to say that. Okay. Cause that's the truth. But with odds are we're offsetting three wells that each one did 150, 400,000 barrels of oil. And we're right there 500 feet from them. You know, if you're going to kill an elephant, you go to Africa. If you're going to make oil wells, you go to oil field and get next to the other and keep on going. And so when we get through with all that and the feeling is mutual, then they'll write me a check. If I let them down on any of my two, my two deals is who the hell is Bob Burr and why of all the places in the whole wide world you drill them there. That's my responsibility. Their responsibility is money. Okay. And if I let them down on any of my two, we won't do business. If they don't have the money, we won't do business. I can't overcome that objection. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I wanna invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called the bottom line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I wanna tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I wanna to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're gonna get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. What do you look for in a phenomenal deal? Because I, I would imagine at this point that you've forgotten more than you know about this business and you've forgotten more than most of the other experts know in this business as well. But when you see a great deal, a great opportunity that you feel comfortable putting your own capital in, raising additional capital from other investors from, what do you see? What exactly are the conditions of a great deal? Uh, give us a sense of what that looks like. Let's, let's use the Bayou Choctaw as an example. I was down in South Louisiana drilling an individual well, and we did not have good luck on it. Uh, I won't go into details, but it cost me a lot of money, again, out of my pocket on that particular deal. Being around for 40-some-odd years, people know that Bob Burr raises a bunch of money. Bob Burr's a straight shooter. Bob Burr pays his bills. I've never had a BK or any of that garbage in my life. A couple of times I should have but I haven't 
I've lived through that right to the chin and kept on walking. And so all of a sudden doors opened up. God dang, he did. They got him pretty good there, but he didn't. So we get to see this property. Well, then I turned my expert loose on it, Brad Simmons. He's a graduate of Yale. He's an oil man for 35 years. He was Earl Campbell's quarterback at Longview, Texas years ago. He's a stud. And I said, okay, here's the deal. Go kill it. Kill the deal. I can't fall in love with the damn deal. Kill it. Well, he called me back a week. I can't kill it. Kill it. I can't. So then I go to Houston and we keep digging. All of a sudden he said, man, we got to have this deal. I mean, it's a salt dome and he specializes in salt dome. He's about best figure. It's about 25% developed. Boom, 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 boom. Then he, by then he's in, in with a bunch of people in Louisiana. He's a smoother. He gets all the information. Boom, 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 boom. We did a video last week. He comes out and says, Bob, I thought it was 5X. The damn thing's 15X. Discovered three overhangs. Now, that's the properties we put our people in. So you say, when I can do an individual deal out there, and it's a wildcat. And the numbers, if we hit it, are 50 to 1. But I got to tell you, the odds of hitting that baby is 1 in 25 or 30. Now, if you got a big purse, if you like to gamble, we might do one. I'll do one with you. I'll gamble. I'll take a shot. But let's, let's re realize this is gambling. This is exploring for oil 10,000, 15,000 feet deep. What I'm doing is simply taking a field that the basic perimeters of that field have been established for years. And because they didn't develop everything, we're going back in, inside, offsetting these wells. And the odds of us hitting are, oh, well, they, they're tremendous. They're, 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 they're very, very, this is a very conservative deal. And what's neat about it is there's wells in this field that from 2,000 feet produced over a million barrels of oil. <clears throat> we'll figure that up. Lots of money. Mm -hmm. They average about 150 to, I don't know, 300,000, 450,000. A lot of money. A lot of money. It will take care of our partners. Uh, yeah, it'll do well. And that's what they end. And we back every bit of that up with facts. We don't supposition it. We don't do this. We don't sell the sizzle, not the steak. We don't do that garbage. There it is. Every well in our maps will have a proven what it produced per day, the total reserves it's recovered, all over. There it is. You just look at it, and we're right there. That's where we drill it. So, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a hell of a deal. Well, and your, your approach, is you have much more of an ability to project the outcome than yes. if you were to be gambling. And I would imagine some of your peers in the business are, you know, taking on lower probabilities for higher potential outcomes, but there's much less of an ability to project. So tell me a little bit about what do you look for in terms of projections, whether it's from cash flow, whether it's from equity multiple, whether it's from appreciation, and also give us a sense of what's your typical hold period on any of your deals or, or is it just general in terms of each deal is, is individual? Give us a sense of what that looks like. In this particular area, our whole deal will be anywhere from three to five years and we'll probably end up taking the whole, whole company public. We're building our reserves. We have so much confidence in this deal that we will be drilling wells with our own money where we take the gamble and then we're calling on partners to pay for the completion. Now, the difference in that 
I'm not, a, you know, it's not a charitable organization here. When I do an oil deal, okay, and we got 100% ownership of the minerals, that's our, I'll say a 70% net re revenue lease, and I won't go into all that. It's, it's not important right now. But we sell a third for a quarter, meaning you put up a third of the money and you get a quarter of the production. We promote it 25%. We get, and you get 75 of what comes out of the ground. Now, you're gambling, and you deserve that, okay? When I gamble, we're going to take 50%, and you're going to get 50% for paying the completion because we did the gambling. And we're going to do a lot of those next year. Now, right now, we're in our year-end deal, and we're doing a tax-based uh, uh, program, three wells, uh, two in uh, Louisiana, one in Houston. And uh, these wells projected out, I think we got it uh, four or five times their money in the first eight years. Uh, but I know my, my bottom number is if I can get my partners a payout in three years, I've made them 35% on their money. And who's going to make, who's making 10 or 12% on their money a year right now? I also know people. in my note, I also know in my notes that I don't have much of that offering left. I just paid 15% in a quarter. And that's proven. I show them numbers and all that stuff, whatever they need. I don't back away from anything. If I can't, if I can't show my folks everything they need to see, keep their money. I don't, I don't <laughs> deserve it. I, I mean, that's that's part of the deal I have to do. And do I your deals generate uh, consistent cash flow, or is it typically pretty up and down in different capacities? Oh well, uh, the BR Dome's throwing us off half a million a month. Been there for less than a year, so that's good. This one here. We haven't, we don't have cash flow yet. We hadn't drilled our first well, but uh, I'm putting together a syndication now that might be for 25 million. And I have several syndicators coming in with me, buying the product and doing their own deal. And then we'll drill the wells and we'll take less, but we'll get it going. Uh, these wells, this is a neat thing. Uh, the wells will last for 25 to 30 years. Okay. When we drill down, We'll go through it. We'll cut a zone here, 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 here. Say five zones in that well. We'll start at the bottom. That zone produces for seven or eight years. We'll put a plug up there, pop it again, pop it again, pop it again as we come up the hole. And, of course, the partners own every bit of that. And uh, But we got a very good team. My son, uh, Justin, uh, he's leaving tomorrow, heading back down to Louisiana. And he'd been in there for 10 days, just coming here and stole to him. Two boxes of my cigars, that little rascal. But anyway, <laughs> he's, he's worth a couple of boxes of cigars. And uh, then uh, we'll be heading down to New Orleans next week, big conference there. And we got partners that we'll be taking up to the field. And that's what we do. I love to have them out there. I, I just love this business. I mean, I, I love people. I've never had a bashful ounce of me. Uh, I just love them. No, I just love the scene, man. I mean, I love it. I love it. I love it. So Bob, on that deal, that's 35, it's going to last for 35 years or that's a projection. Do you guys stay around in that deal for that entire time period or you exit early? No, no, buddy. The only way we'll exit is go public. Okay. But we're, we're the operator. We're the driller. We do the whole ball game. So we, each we individual well is its own business its correct? Own entity that's Got right it. and you're and, and uh, the partners own that they have a title called an assignment they have assignment that's recorded for their ownership in that particular well it's, it's registered with the railroad commission in texas the louisiana 
oil authorities. And it's theirs. It's, 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 they own it outright. And as long as that well produces, they make money. And uh, some of them, uh, they produce a lot of years, especially where we are. And I'm, I don't want to really get into the details of it. Uh, it takes us too long. Sure. Uh, sure. But I do want to tell you, in 47 years, because of the pandemic, and I'm not saying uh, – I say that sort of sick inside because it's hurt so many people very badly, but it was a force majeure in life. It happened. And we took the advantage of that situation. And I've never had a property in 47 years that can touch what we're doing right now. And that's a fact. Yeah. Well, and that, that's a fact. There's times where you have these opportunities that you just know that you have to take action. And that, at that moment in time, I could just feel that experience with, for oh. you. And you said, look, it's time to push the chips in. It's time to go big. It's time to bet on the future of this situation, right? Because it was, they were got, I have goosebumps all over me right now. Just talking <laughs> about it. No, yes. I mean, actually goosebumps running up and down my damn legs. We saw it. Ooh, that's a lot of money. Bull corn, let's roll, boys. And we roll it. <laughs> so every listener, so every listener has to ask themselves the next time, the next inflection point that occurs within their business, within their approach, or you know, as they evolve, it's time to take action. You got to be bold. You got to have cojones, as others have told me about, right? You got to be, you got to take charge. Because if you're scared, you'll never make a move. You got to be willing to shove it out there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it's a fact. We came in naked and we're going out naked. That's it. Well, in between is a game. We call it life. <laughs> Ain't no big deal. This is not a big deal here. Well, and you have to be, you have to be confident about the facts of the supply and demand of this commodity at the end of the day to be able to make these type of moves. Right. And so you understand and you believe so strongly in the continued supply and demand of this commodity to continue to push your chips and put your chips all the way in the table in times like that. So talk to us about that. Why is that important? And what are you seeing in terms of that continued trajectory of supply and demand of oil? My son RJ is doing a paper right now. Now, one of our top advisors is Ed Hurst, who is an economist and one of the senior writers for Forbes. Ed's a Texas boy, teaches or has a fellowship at I think University of Houston. And uh, just a brilliant economist. He's writing papers every day. The fact of the matter is, in the last two years or three years, we've gone from a dollar going into the ground as far as a budget for new drilling and exploration to try to offset what is being consumed to 10 or 15 cents. That big a drop in the budgets for drilling oil and gas. Well, what's happening? People hadn't... They're, they're consuming oil, and we're pulling from our reserves worldwide, not just here, everywhere. Well, keep it simple, stupid. No supply theory. Okay? As it goes down, it goes up. And we're right at the base of it. I mean, oil hit 80 bucks today. A year ago, it was what? Could you give it away? Minus 30 when we bought this damn thing. Now, minus $30 and we shoved it out there. Because <laughs> that a hell of a deal. That's amazing. But, but you, it comes back, and the world's got to have it. Uh, people don't realize there's 5,000 different uses for a barrel of oil. It's not just automobiles. 
They can't replace all this with green energy. In fact, it'd take them 50 years to find. They don't have the air conditioner invented yet. I mean, really, they don't. They don't. I mean, there's so many things. I wish I had RJ here right now. He could give you the numbers. It'd blow your mind because he's got them down. My God, he's a walking encyclopedia about the, about the economics of it. But, yes, we're at the bottom, bottom, bottom. Uh, I was talking to my buddy in uh, South Texas this morning. We own a bunch of saltwater disposal wells. Well, when the oil crashed, the wells went under. Everybody stopped drilling. And so we're not making any money with our saltwater disposal wells. But it's slowly coming back. He says that now what they're doing is recompleting old wells in new zones to get their daily production up. And then in 2022, they'll come out with a budget that's probably 30% of what they would normally have had. And they'll start drilling. We'll, we'll start getting our water back. And, and we're the only game. I financed the deal, and we stayed in business. We're open for business right now. <laughs> but it comes back. It has to. We live on oil. We're, everybody in the, in the country, everybody in the world is oil consumers. And some uh, cosmetics is oil. Our own plastics is all on and on and on and on and on. Not just automobiles. Uh, that's just a, a, another deal. I mean, and that's uh, so that's why we have made the decision to shove it out there. Okay. And go get it. And buddy, I love it. you're going to get it. <laughs> you already are. And you got to understand the, you got to understand the demand dynamics to be able to make moves like that. So I think that's critical. And, and everybody listening has to understand what's going on with their occupants and their real estate deals. Or, and how is that shifting? How is that growing? How is that contracting to be able to have the cojones to, to move and Talk to me just briefly. You're talking about financing and I, I do want to switch gears into some other stuff here just shortly, but how are you financing your deals? I mean, is there a level of debt and equity that, that really you've seen optimize most opportunities? I know every deal is unique, but give us a little sense of that. Well, we did a bond offering or a note offering. And so that funded, we raised about 8 million for that. So that gave us plenty of money to operate, do our business, take care of business till we start having cash flow. Uh, we project the cash flow will be within the next four months. Uh, we'll start drilling. When we drill, it'll just be continuous. Uh, I did a real, very unique deal that is uh, some of the partners may be interested in or some of the folks. I did an equity offering on the entire field. I took 10% of the entire acreage and I put a price tag on it for $10 million. Partners come in at a hundred thousand, throw or half a million, whatever. Every well is drilled from this moment on on that acreage, which is the entire amount of acreage we own. Ten cents goes into this pot, so it will be like an increasing annuity. Uh, we drill a hundred wells. Guess what? They're gonna be. We feel like they'll have their their equity money back or the the cash back in two to three years, and then it just keeps snowballing. And then we'll give them the option when we go public, uh, putting that 10% into the deal. And, you know, you, you'll cash out with multiples on your money based on us having a real deal. Uh, and then I'm, I'm doing some capitaliza uh, capitalizations with various syndicators. Uh, we're prime time with, with a group uh, out of uh, Texas that they do cruises, investment cruises, the real estate guys, beautiful, beautiful people. I'm firsthand buddy with a Kurosaki and Mr. Griffin and all these guys. Phenomenal I speak people. With. Phenomenal. Great authors. 
uh, poor, poor dad, rich dad. I mean, on and on and on. And, uh, and a lot of those folks are real estate syndicators. We had a gentleman come in yesterday from Missouri, drove eight hours up here. He bought two whole wells to go resell. He bought them from us. We'll drill them. We'll test them. We'll complete them. And he'll do his deal with his partners. And we sign contracts where we don't mess with his people and all that kind of garbage and, and, uh, and take care of it. So that's another element. Uh, next week I'll be in new Orleans. I'll be pre uh, presenting how syndicators can work with us. If they, if they're look, right now, real estate guys are looking for, for product because it's, uh, it's scary out there for them. And, uh, it's, you know, that's in, in oil and gas, I mean, God, dang, but now if you're going, if you're going to get in oil and gas, don't miss this window. Cause it's unprecedented. I mean, it's no telling where it's going to go. And, uh, and we're right in the heart of it. So you ask the finance inside, we do our own private placements. Okay. We'll raise two or 3 million to drill a couple of wells. We have the notes, the bonds is another arm. We have the capital that we're selling. And then we have syndicators that come in and buy wholesale from us and go redo their deal. And it's an industry deal. We drill the well for them. We operate the well, everything about it. We do on a contract basis at a fair price. And, uh, but what we're trying to do is get a hundred wells drilled. I'm not going to be drilling when I'm 90. <laughs> I want to get this damn thing done in the next five years. Okay. I feel like I'm, I've, I've got, I've got at least 15, 20 more years. I mean, I'm healthy. Hell, I, I can do anything, anything anybody can do. Old man can hang with you, baby. Man, uh, you got a so lot the, left in the tank. <laughs> oh yeah, I got a lot left. Yeah, I, I'm not sweating my tank. It's full. Yeah, uh, and my boys—they're growing up too. They're—they're they're, you know they're your age and older, and uh, I've educated them. Uh, they have the same integrity, the same everything about what we do for as a family uh, is carried through every fiber of everybody in the family, and some go on their own way. That's fine. I don't have a problem. I did on my own deal. I left my pack years ago. I just finished a book, uh, <clears throat> one with, that Robert was on another one, Kurosaki, and I did one there with the, with the boys. And the name of the book is Leaving Your Pack. Okay, and we all have left our pack. You know, I left mine when I was 18 years old one time, when I was 27 one time, and, and you leave the pack, and you uh, it's very, very scary when you leave your pack. Uh, I remember going to see my papa and he was past, he was, he was dying actually. And old country road down in Louisiana. And I went back to see Papa before I headed out to new Orleans because I was leaving to go do, do my job. And, uh, he looked at me, he said, come here, son. He said, before you leave here, take that dirt road and go back to the river and then turn around and go real slow and just look at what's here. He said, you got a spark about you that, the rest of them don't have. He said, there's nothing here for you. He said, get out of here. Go to the lights. And the lights was the city. And man, I'm going down that road and big old tears in my eyes. But I heard him. He gave me permission to leave because I didn't want to be a know-it-all or smarty leaving my guys and they're doing cutting wood or whatever the hell they do. That wasn't me. I wasn't doing that. I was going somewhere else. I knew I had to go. And I kept going. And I've been going. And finally, of course, I seated out here 30 years ago, over 30, and I found where I wanted to be. And uh, build a company with love, build a company with appreciation of everybody involved in it, especially your partners, and do the right thing, and everything works out. 
And if, Bob, you, cheat, if you cheat any of that, you lose. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Bob, you're getting me fired up. Uh, I'm ready to get in the oil and gas business right now. And um, well, I just get your appreci- butt down to Baton Rouge. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll. But I tell you what, man, I just appreciate you because there's so much more that we could dive into. And I, I you know what? I'm going to just table this because we're doing part two of this conversation in the near future because we got a lot more to get to. But I just appreciate you so much. I appreciate you educating us on what your business is like, what your philosophies are like, how you live your life, how you lead your business, how you have developed and strengthened this business for generational wealth, generational opportunities for other people. And uh, you're just an amazing individual, Bob. I want to transition into the rapid fire section of our podcast, if I have your permission. And uh, just ask you a few questions here before we wrap, before I let you go hit some golf balls and have a phenomenal afternoon as well. And um, if I had to ask you just a few things, and by the way, this is called the rare air questionnaire. What we've been talking about today is uncommon, right? This is not the common path. This is not the average path. This is about doing the hard things, but it's also about reaping the benefits and living the life that most other people just dream of. And so I've got a few questions for you. You're just talking about writing a book. You're just talking about contributing with other world-class authors, some of the greatest educators in the world. If you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you have read, what would those be and why? Well, of course, the Bible. The Bible has been a mainstay in my family for many years. Uh, I was raised in a uh, Pentecostal church when I was just a kid, and uh, it was special. You know, I Fly Away is still there. That's a beautiful song. Uh, And then as I grew into manhood and got on my way, what scared me about life is giving someone power over my subconscious mind to feed it negative stuff. I'd run them out of my office. I'd throw them out of my office because I am a positive dude. Don't come here with any negative. And Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, Master Keys to Riches, they were beautiful books. And then along comes Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert, and then Mr. Griffin's uh, The Jekyll Island. I mean, it's those are beautiful. But I always read things that would take a kid 23 years old, and I knew I had to reprogram or check that subconscious mind and feed it with with good solid beautiful food i'd get up early in the morning i'd drive in the richest part of town i said that's my house now that one's too small that's my house that's my house i'm all by myself i'm 23 years old but those books psycho cybernetics is another beautiful book yes i mean and i stayed in those and if someone came in my office negative and i'd get up and i would throw them physically throw them <laughs> through the door I said, you're not getting in my subconscious mind with that bullshit. I'm not putting up for it. I don't have time. This is my shot in life, guys. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all don't see this? This is a deal. We can change the whole world here. And that's exactly, I'm the same guy at 75 as I was at 25. That's the deal. And you either have it or you better find it. (laughs) <laughs> or go to sell Tom peanuts. I mean, whatever you want to do is your call. And I have nothing against anybody for what they do. I think they're beautiful. I really think the kings of the world are the folks that meet every day at that plant with that sack of sandwiches. And they work there 40 years and educate their babies at the city college. They have a Sunday dinner. They, they go to church. 
They're fulfilled. They didn't need to climb the mountain. All of us don't need to, don't, we don't have to do that. But if you have to, don't be chicken and cop out, climb it. Mm. How can I climb it? By getting me some good damn shoes that go into the, the side of that mountain by understanding how to climb it, by yes. doing that, do it, educate yourself emotionally is more important or just as anything because it's a long trip <laughs> and you're going to fall off of it and break your leg and, and nobody's going to be around. You don't want to fix your leg and you don't have to get up and keep climbing. Some of them don't get up. Oh, what a pity. <laughs> Bob, I, you know what? This just means so much to me that you're sharing about feeding the subconscious mind beautiful food, because a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's just about the process. It's just about, you know, doing the deal. But man, I think it's all about that. I think it's all about what you feed your mind. What do you, what do you believe is possible? What do you think? Uh, just the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. There's no limit. It, man. Gets, it gets back to, if you can feed your, I fed my, my, my subconscious but I hadn't taken care of my ego till I was 40 years old Mm. till I got sober. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had that base there, but I still thought I was Godzilla. Mm. And then one day, you know, I wake up and, uh, it's that time to either I'm at that bottom and I look up the heavens and I said, Lord, I'm tired of being God. I'm going to give you job back to you and I'll be the best disciple you ever had. Mm, That's amazing. I will never question it again. I'm going to go down this road. That's when it came together. That's when I made that move. When I got honest with myself, I was smart enough to know I had to program that subconscious and it get me fired up and I could do the deal. But when I got that heart, right, that spirit, right with what I'd put in that conscious over subconscious over 20 years, Katie bore the door, no insecurities. I don't give a damn. What you mean we can't do it? Watch us. That's it. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It is for you. It ain't for me. What if you fail? We get up. What? Yeah. What are you? Game ain't over to you. Hmm. We're in the first inning. You're 75. I'm in the first inning. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, man. There's no biggie. Watch Bob, you come you know what you are? You're a walking gold mine. While you might be an oil and gas investor, you're a walking gold mine. This is I don't, phenomenal. I don't know about all that, but Let's, <laughs> <laughs> what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis, Bob? Oh, I just love to hug people. Um, I never walk by a family that has small children, either the lady by herself or the husband and dad, without stopping and looking at them, saying, "You know, you guys won the lottery." I said, do you understand the beauty of what you've got right there? There's nothing prettier than a five-year-old knothead. Nothing. <laughs> uh, the other day, I, I saw two ladies coming down. They had the little buggy, and that damn thing was three stories. They had six of them in there, and I'm driving down the road downtown. I just whipped over and, and stopped. I said, come here. I said, honey, that's the prettiest thing I've ever seen. Look at the Mona Lisa can't hold these cats alive. Because they're so beautiful. They're so, so innocent, so loving. There's nothing prettier. That's how I keep myself humble and loving by hugging other people. Okay. I Man. passed a lady on the road the other day. She is 70 years old and had, it was cold. So it was last winter. She had like five pizzas in her arms. And I, I passed her and I said, damn, that's terrible. So I turned around and come back and pull her. I said, get in here, lady. I said, where are you headed with those? All about two miles down there. 
I said, I'll give you a ride. So she gets in there, and I know I'm going to give her some money because I'm going to help her. She, she needed help. And she's, hell, she's older than I am. She's an old lady. And come to find out, she's raising her grandkids, and she lived way down below Kroger's down there. And I just had me a good visit with her and slid her $100 and wished her happy holidays. But that's the deal. Cast it out. Give it back. And you don't do it in a selfish way. You do it in a loving way because the good Lord, that's what he put you here for. I think um, he put me here to love people because I love to love people. Man, it's, I'll tell you what. Good deal. I love this conversation. And one of the things that I've noticed is that the most successful people, when I ask them the biggest way that they elevate their life on a daily basis is about giving to other people. And that's what you just described. And so is there anything else that you would say about elevating others around you? What's the biggest way otherwise you elevate other people around you? You set the example. 30 years ago, I built a $100,000 gym. All kinds of steam rooms, saunas, all this stuff. I'm a ball player, so I've always worked out. So I started working out. I work out three days a week, five days a week. Sometimes I don't. And I go in there and I start working out and I feel that pain. And I said, welcome back, stranger. <laughs> ah, that's good stuff. And slowly, a bunch of my boys that worked for back then, we had a broker dealer and I had 50 brokers that were all NSD and FINRA and all that. And I was slowly, they started feeding in there. If the old man can do it, we can do it. Then I like to go down and they, they bench press and I, sh- I beat their little butts. You know, I, I am competitive. <laughs> and, uh, but now I'm setting it in a wholesome example and not one that you're trying to feed them. You can't feed people. You got to love people. Love them and hug them and let them drop those guards and open up to you. And then maybe you can help them. But you don't, you don't help them when you hit them. Mm-hmm. You help them by being there for them. I'm going to give you my opinion, but guess what? If you ain't digging it, kick it out the window, George. <laughs> there you my go. Opinion. At least he heard it and it went in that subconscious mind and he felt that energy you put into that. And maybe that'll help him down the road. And then some of them you can't help. I've lost me being an alcoholic. I work with a bunch of boys and, uh, and some of them die. That's just the way it is. In the big big book of AA on page 444, it says, there are individuals with our disease that are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. And those poor folks die. That works. Mm. Until you hit your knees or get off with your God. I'm not a Bible guy. I'm a spiritual fellow. And you get off and you make peace with your guy. Might be a tree. I don't give a damn who it is. But it's your spiritual being until you get naked with that guy and just ask for help and make a change. You won't change. You keep going. The wind's going to blow you here and there and here and there. No. You got to get down there, buddy. (laughs) Hmm. And it's fun. It's great. It's great up here. It's great being emotionally Pretty, pretty, pretty good, pretty good spot. I love it. Bob, thank you so much. Bob Burr, ladies and gentlemen, what a phenomenal conversation. And I'm so inspired. I'm so inspired by what's possible, by the example that you set. I want to acknowledge you for being a phenomenal leader, someone who's committed to being honest to yourself, who's being honest to other people, and who's committed to the long game of doing the right thing. 
ultimately there are riches in doing the right thing, not only financially, uh, but also spiritually and personally in so many ways. Bob Burr, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I want to invite the listeners to check out panx.us to learn more about Bob Burr's company. Uh, Bob, where else should they find you? I mean, I know you've well, got some see, other opportunities. John Paul just gave me admin, admin at panx.us. There you That's go. Uh, yeah, have them give me a call. We'll have a good visit, one of the boys. It'll be, it'll be fun. This is how we live our lives. Thank you so very much. You are a beautiful young man. You got a heart of gold. I can see that. You're, <laughs> strong, you're a strong cat. You know where you are. I appreciate that. I'm jealous of you. you know, <laughs> snapper. But guess what? That's the way it works. God bless you. And and we'll do the we'll finish the story another time. That's right. We're gonna do round two another time. Bob Bird, this is the beginning of a very long friendship together. And we will put links in the show notes as to where you can reach out to Bob and his team, as to also as to where you can find his company and learn more about his company. Bob, thank you again. We'll see you next time, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Elevate Nation. What just happened? Bob Burr dropping bombs on Elevate Nation. That was amazing. And I'm absolutely fired up. I'm excited about the possibilities. I'm excited about the example that Bob has set as to what is possible and, and beyond. He's, you know, really what he's done is he's he's raised the watermark. He's raised the watermark towards your future. Ultimately, there are no limits to what you can do in business and life. Um, whatever vehicle it is that you choose, whether it's one asset class in real estate or oil and gas, which is ultimately, you know, an, another alternative vehicle within real estate to a large degree. And you just think about this and, and it's so exciting because it comes down to principles. It comes down to mindset. It comes down to beliefs. It comes down to education. It comes down to really what we're all about here on Elevate. So that conversation was just so amazing. And I'm just so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you tuning in today. I want to encourage you to re-listen to this show. I want to encourage you to have a discussion with a friend, with a colleague, with a business associate, with your partner, with your spouse, with people that matter to you about this conversation. What was it that you learned? What was it that you were surprised about? What are your top one, two, or three distinctions from this episode? I want to encourage you to share this with a friend, pay it forward, whether it's sharing on social media or grabbing the link and sending it to someone that you either know, just met, or you've known for a very, very long time, share this because that's the only way that we can grow. And we appreciate the opportunity for you to refer us uh, here at Elevate. And I'm so grateful. I want to encourage you, most importantly, to take massive, massive action, because that's the only way that you're going to really anchor in this new learning. And uh, man, what an awesome conversation, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.